1: Good evening, everyone. My special guest tonight is C.C. Arshagra, poet, author, activist, everything, musician as well, and soul in a body. He's with me tonight. He is an autodidact. Now, if you're like me, I had to look it up. And that means a self-taught individual. He has seen and experienced many things in his life. He reflects his journey of transcendence in his poetry now as I looked up transition excuse me transcendence as well I found that it means we can reach transcendence by recognizing our truth from an infinitely broader perspective that's nice as an artist since he walks the walk speaks soul to soul and is humbled by life as an artist his book the open microphone is available now. CC, so happy. Welcome to the program. I am
0: honored and excited to be here. Thank you, Michael. All right, all right. Let's begin this poetic journey. What is poetry? i I know your show, I've listened to a few episodes. I love the question and i and I adore the, the diversity of answers that you've received in the past. And yes. I'm going to begin with what I've been saying all along that poetry, in essence, is uh to speak the ineffable, to say what cannot be said, and also to say what everyone deep down inside them is thinking and feeling, and seeing, and understanding, but cannot for some reason say. So to speak the ineffable and say that which is unsaid is two things. But what is poetry is a huge question.
1: And I yes. also
0: love answering it in a way where where I am not poetry. I am not poem. But what I'm saying is poetry is, let me try this again. I am a little nervous. This is fun. Uh, you, you don't get nervous, but that's okay. Uh, that's right. right. I'm nervous. So too. I'm, I'm a poet, but that is not poetry. I write okay. poems, but that is not poetry. Poetry happens in the receive.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: happens inside the listener, inside the reader. It is what you cannot control. I could read you a poem about a book and a and a door, and I walk through it with the book in the door, but what you hear is individual. If there are 50 people in the room, 50 people will hear 50 different poems. The poetry happens in the receive. Mm. And I have a poem about power right. of poetry. All right, please share. Would you like to hear it? Yes, love okay. it. Okay. Has, it has a new title, and, it, and there's a story of its origin, I'll leave that out for now. Now its title is the poet laureate and the tree that falls in the forests of Nobody Hears You. Poetry saves lives. Poetry can heal where there are wounds. Poetry can bring peace to where violence resides. Poetry can set free what seems to be the eternal hold of pain is. Poetry can unite divisions when wherever it is sowed by words or deeds or by and by our thoughts done. Poetry can teach harm. It is harm. Poetry can wake all realities to dream. Poetry can cure the voice, all languages, symbols, vibrations, and sound. Poetry is a living essence harvest from the sea of silence. Poetry can hear silence breathing love indivisible. Poetry can be abused and still, in the moments of mind, birth the end of abuse. Poetry can end war, even as war and its makers seek to end the lives of poets who are free to question it. Poetry can end racism, ethnic hatred, religious hatreds, and their soul. Poetry can save life savers from the ruins of themselves. Poetry can free imprisoned questions. Poetry can stop Slavery from enslaving the mind, even as it is sold and bought to be the key that leads to a promised freedom. Poetry can let your own truths die. Rest in peace. Poetry outlives the poet and the poem.
1: one. Wow. And that was quite okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, it happened. Did <laughs> you laugh? And that's the poetry. It's right. That's <laughs> poetry. <laughs>
1: oh, it's still <laughs> going on. I can hear you laugh. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> that was a truly epic poem. Should I ask you my, ord- my usual question? Why is poetry important? I'm wondering. What do you think? Well,
0: outside of every line in that last poem, um, Mm -hmm. poetry is really important because basically being is is the fact that you can be and become your creative essence. Poetry Mm -hmm. is important because it is one of the rarest vehicles to access yourself beyond your opinion of yourself and Mm -hmm. to reinvent yourself beyond the opinion that life portrays onto you. And then in order to be seen, in order to be heard, you have to somehow feel like you must comply uh, with this image of you that is projected on you when it might not be who you are. You might be in the process of even finding who you are. And poetry Mm -hmm. enables you to access the, 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 the subtext of your soul, where you where you invent your own being and become your sole purpose and find your reason for living, and poetry is 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 a, is a vehicle, unlike uh, other art forms,
1: because words can be very sharp and they yes, cut they both ways. Mm-hmm. Well, let me. You said earlier about and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you are not a poem, something like that. Did you say? I, that? Well, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I bumbled a
0: little bit at first. I, <laughs> I, I am a poet. I, 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 I when I write a poem, the poem itself is not poetry.
1: Okay. Oh, it right. is the,
0: the poetry
1: happens when the poem is received.
0: Did hmm. well, I, I make it clear?
1: To, you did. What I wanted to know is, do you live your life like it's a poem? I
0: think we all should live our life as if we are a work of art, a living work of art. And I will get into that later on if we touch on the human room, open voice,
1: which I hope we will. We will. We will. All right. Your book, open microphone is available now. What inspired you to write the book? So the book
0: is a 20 year anniversary of three chapbooks that were written uh, based on my life and my uh, so-called addiction <laughs> to going to open mics. So right. when I first walked into an open microphone uh, a venue, Stone Soup Poets uh, at T.T. the Bears oh, back in the early 90s, um, I, uh, I, I learned something. Uh, about myself, but I was also stepping out of 10 years in the movement arts and the healing arts. So I brought with me an understanding of, of something I learned in an art form called contact improvisation, where moving and being is, uh, it's another art form uh, that, that, is, that is the expression of that you, as you move through time and space, your very choice to move your arm, your leg, your foot to forward, back your choice that you make with your hands to hold and to let go is all art. And when I moved into a subculture of the open microphone with a mm-hmm. combination of that and my and my past and my grandfather who taught me uh, great lessons in life, that all those things came together and I took one art form and merged it into the other and I thought that it was amazing that you could write your name down on a piece of paper and speak and not be killed for
1: it. Oh, yes. it's you're literally that free. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. So the open microphone became important, and then I started Mm -hmm. wondering why people did it and didn't do it, and how Mm -hmm. we were getting in our own way, and how culture collapses in on itself and competition and envy and greed and self-importance and beautiful things like needing to belong and heal yourself, overcome addiction and abuse. All these things can happen in poetry, and I thought it was fascinating. And I wanted to document in my lifetime the pros and cons of that. And so the book came into being as a result of the Boston Globe hearing that there was a buzz going on in the Cambridge, Boston area, and open mics were exploding. And so this mm-hmm. author, Kate McQuaid, was sent out by the Globe to cover Open Microphone. And when that article hit the uh, the cover story of the Thursday insert of the Boston Globe called The Calendar, uh, I was mentioned in it. And right. something happened when that happened. I, I felt like I was handed a responsibility. And so mm-hmm. the first thing that happened is, okay, I'll write, I'll write a book and dedicate it to her. And, it, and that book became the idea to write seven chapbooks. And years later, I ended up writing the three, Scared Sacred, Death of an Ego, and What Manner of Character. And then I waited 20 years to see if they withstood the test of time and did not publish but kept writing for 20 years.
1: Yes. And so those
0: books came together again, and that is what I hold in my hand with three new essays
1: about the difference between those years and this one. Well, tell me, what are some of the predominant themes that you talk about? Are they primarily which you've The predominant mentioned? themes are the titles of the chapbooks themselves oh, okay. uh,
0: embedded now as so-called chapters, and they are Scared Sacred. So the mm. theme of Scared Sacred means that you enter into this art form, into this medium, into this expressive uh, platform where you can speak your mind freely, regardless of who you are, where you come from, or what you've been through. You could be a Poet Laureate of the World, Or you could be somebody who just wrote their first poem. The mic is open to both of you equally. And that first time on the mic for most people is a very sacred and very scary moment. Yes, it is. And it's priceless. So the first poems that I chose were about that. The second was Death of an Ego. And then I could explain what manner of character, but I hear you have a question coming.
1: Actually, I do. I'd like you to thumb through any one of those three books and tell me the titles of five poems. Yes. Well,
0: the, the, they, they are not, book one and book two, which, which are, they're all in one book. Uh, okay. Because you're listening here. So yes. the open microphone poem is basically three sections. So open microphone one through 11, open microphone number one, number two, number three. So I think I will use up three of those to say that three of the titles are Scared Sacred, Death okay. of an Ego, and mm-hmm. What Manner of Character. But in right. the third one, they have titles. And, and, uh, and of those, I will choose Alone, the poet. So the open mm-hmm. microphone alone is one of them. And mm-hmm. Alone is the character in that one. And All another right. one that I will choose is the open
1: microphone Walker. Okay. Why, CeCe, are titles important? What do they do? What purpose do they serve? Titles are important, and uh, I I think
0: that's an individual thing, poet to poet. I think how it happens, whether they write the title first and then the poem, for me, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the title will morph. Sometimes it'll be born of the title. Sometimes I'll be writing it, and the title will pop itself out. But it's an organic process. It's almost like uh, you're witnessing something create, and then all of a sudden that creation... Starts the 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 foam reaches ahead of the Guinness and you say that's it
1: mm-hmm. and, you, and, and,
0: and it almost names itself sometimes and I mm-hmm. think the title of the poem I mean there are poets that just use dates um, yes I I think it's a lead in I think it's a compliment and mm-hmm. uh, I I think it, it has its role but then again you can't control the reader so it's a choice it's a choice yes. of the artist. But I think I think they're I think they are important, but I think the experience
1: to the listener and the reader is ideally what's important. All right, all right. Now, how did you go about organizing the poems in the book? those three books? What was your process? Well, each one happened over a period of a year or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
0: and, and 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 I made the chapbooks, sold them all one at a time by hand, printed them up myself uh and went to open mics and and sold 95% of them hand to hand. Wow. They happened where the first the first book was over 120 poems and mm-hmm. I selected 11. Uh, mm-hmm. uh uh and then when 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 the pile reached somewhere around uh in, in upper 100s almost 200 I chose uh a, a, up to numbers from 12 to 27 for the uh it was a process of elimination. It was uh, okay. which ones are going to withstand the test of time, which ones are the most honest, which one which one poem actually describes thousands of people all going mm-hmm. through this passage.
1: Wow. You know, I really like the way you speak. You're, the conviction in your words is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. It, it, it saved it saved my life. I became
0: who I was through this process. I I, I come from uh, uh, struggling in my early life with hearing, listening, speaking, reading, um, and I took my nemesis and made it my art form. I basically wow. was not a rote learner, and mm-hmm. when they tried to give me a one and a one, and the answer was supposed to be two. Uh, that kind of education just almost destroyed me and I had to survive it.
1: All right. I understand. I understand. Now, when you talk about this book, are you hoping that it resonates with a broad range of readers or are you targeting a specific audience, my friend?
0: This is listed as an ISBN social science book one and two poetry uh, mm-hmm. in its reincarnation as a 20th anniversary anthology. It is a teaching tool. I'm hoping to get into uh, universities with this book. I'm hoping that mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, it is it is in the hands of many schools of thought. I've been offered uh, to take it and, and and bring this book to a front of a physics class at Central by a professor. He once, he once said that to me when the book was in process that I, I haven't gotten back to him yet. Uh, there's rumors that the uh, a university upstate New York wants me to go a very artsy college uh right. you know I feel a little hesitant in bringing up names and name dropping because all these things are on the table, but the i hasn't yes. been dotted, and the t hasn't been crossed yet, but this mm-hmm. is a teaching tool. you are a work of art, you have a voice, it can be found, and whether there there's a poem in here about academia and high mindedness mm-hmm. there's all kinds mm-hmm. of pieces in here. It, right. it, it falls from the top and it rises
1: from the bottom, but we all meet here. Cece, now, let's say I'm planning to purchase your book, and then there are a thousand people in line also planning to purchase a book. What would it be if it, you were to give your readers advice before they read this book? What would you tell them? You got a microphone. What advice would you give them before they read the book? Well what I was to be
0: where, to be exactly where you are in your exploration of, 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 of who you are and why you are here, mm-hmm. what is your sole lesson in life? If, if you have a weakness or a strength or you're a victim of some situation, why did life happen to you this way and if you could survive that and mm-hmm. you can transcribe that into your art then you will take everyone else behind you that has fallen into the same hole and crippled by the same reality and and, and, uh, and, and suppressed by, by the same dogmas and, and, and ignorances of our species, crush each other and the inhumanity that we're surrounded by. And if you can do that with your poem, then you will put that out into the world. And if it touches another, you will give them a door, a pathway, some hope, or a way to believe in themselves to do the exact same thing.
1: All right. Where it's, not
0: about, we... it's not about not about me. <laughs> all right, all right. Where can we purchase the book, my friend? So the book is available uh, exclusively uh, through myself and my website because I'm not a friend of – a matter of fact, Jeff Bezos was knocking on my door with a tin cup, and I told him to go <laughs> away. So I'm not, I'm not a so fan. No so I'm ear. not a fan of giving. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I'm a poet and I'm going to save the world from the oligarchs. Buy my book from the oligarch. <laughs> And I All know right. that's what everyone does and has to do because we live within that world, the construct of the reality that if you want to be known, you have to go to your enemy to get your enemy to promote your book. But you're really your book is about trying to try and tell your enemy to stop suppressing everyone um, right. or, or whoever it is that you're trying to take down, the man or the government or the corruption, um, you know, the pedophiles, the rapists and the cannibals that are out there trying to say this is our world and you have to live in it. No, we don't. So I think uh, to get my book, it's just the best way right now is just to go to ccrshagra.com. And if you can't buy it from the site, because I'm still working on putting the store together and it it does work, uh, but the best way to do is just put your name on the mailing list. Send me a note saying you want the book. I will get back to you. The book will be mailed from me to you directly. I will sign every copy, personalize it if you like. And I really appreciate it. And if you're in the United States, Uh, It'll be um, uh, just a flat rate of the price of the book, and I don't know if you want me to mention that here or now or not,
1: but no tax,
0: no shipping or nothing like that. It's included in the price. Uh, It's a flat rate whether you see me and I hand it to you or whether I send it to you anywhere in the country. I haven't figured out the international thing, and I'm working now on the e-book so that it can go overseas a lot easier.
1: All right, my last question in this particular segment is, what did you learn about yourself writing this book? That my idea of I want to
0: be a poet or I am a poet or look at me, I am a poet uh, is irrelevant compared to um, that I found, um, I, I, found, I found a purpose in life that is greater than I am, and mm-hmm. I'm supposed to fulfill that purpose. I have started in the in the years mm-hmm. that since this book was written and before upward of uh uh i could say anywhere close to two dozen manuscript concept ideas hundreds of lyrics children's work um projects uh I have a film project i have recording projects uh i have i've i've got two solo painting shows. What I learned is that everything you do is one work of art. You are here. You're going to die. You should not be afraid of death. You should not harness your, I mean, suppress your, you should not mute yourself. My last Mm -hmm. art show was literally called Unmute Yourself. All Um, right. And it, it it, it was a solo painting show. (laughs)
1: Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you are a talker and everything you say sounds good. I hate to cut you off. But I want to hear No, you no, 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 no. I I call it my blessed curse. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Please share a poem.
0: Sure the opening one from uh, Death of an Ego. Maybe, and God came to prey upon gods armed with ink. This is, the microphone said, before it was even turned on. Colorblind words spoke of nothing gray till crayon pieces fell to break with red reason here. Iron-soled shoes were heard stepping on faces, and the pain of flesh burdens dripped off the stage's edge. Insane mirror fragments flew, shattering brilliance, and shards of hate it lay about with no useful shine or reflection. Then the open microphone closed, but not until the host read. The death of ego came to be, and no god's wanted to die Wow. and that came from uh, the experience of going through the explosion of open microphones uh when the internet was just starting out uh so to speak um and uh i was actually interviewed by uh amazon.com <laughs> <laughs> when it was a baby um That's right. And, uh, yep. and, and, and open microphones would open and close, and what was happening was all these little lessons of ego and power and competition mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. comes where. And really, we're all in it together. The more, the yes. merrier. And it mm-hmm. ended up going from basically three venues toward the end of my uh, so-called tenure in, in, in the Boston area to over 30 a week. Please share another. I want to hear another. Yes. The first one in the book is the open microphone number one. Graphic as the wind through mouth passages, the invisible wit speaks and bounces off walls, falling down, down, and down through what appears to be no floor. Then it rises up and out through an expanding sky ceiling of raw opinions, listening as if recalling echoes of lost thoughts and all their lost meanings. Here lies the songscapes of many poetic efforts. Clear or not, the words are the believable blood cells of reading, a living voice aloud. The dying sounds may be good enough, right enough, bad enough, wrong enough, enough to hear themselves as living poetry. And peace. And that was your
1: question early on. It's in here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds like, just listening to you talk, that your books, there's a lot of emotion involved in your poems. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I I, I like to... I, I didn't. I didn't want to
0: become a singer-songwriter because I don't think yeah. I could just sing the same twelve songs all year long, <laughs> or or a novelist because I I got too much to say. Right. <laughs> I'd rather oh, write shit. ten thousand novel. You know. You know. In in film, they call it. Uh, what do you call it when you're, uh, when you write the uh, the thing for the film before you make it, the
1: manuscript.
0: The word. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So you know. And I just, I just felt that one poem could do the job of a novel, and I have okay. that many novels in me. And my grandfather oh my in the garden, they're all <laughs> seeds, so I, I kind of feel myself as uh, uh, these
1: poems are my seeds. All right. We'll come back to the emotional piece. Please share with me an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power. I want to set the stage for Westacon. Wow. Um
0: coming from uh, a a background history, uh I'm gonna open up my I gotta you're gonna put me on the couch with this one. That's <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. That's all right. So, I I'm doing the yeah,
1: <laughs> Um you know, I
0: I, um, I uh, uh it's a beautiful question. It, it it goes deep. It goes deep inside me. Uh right. I I struggled with speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I, I was um I was, an, I was an intuitive child, and words, to me, when I was young and growing, meant honesty mattered. I, I didn't realize how much of an honest person I was and how much honesty was what I thought words were. So when I realized, and it was 1984, I actually went through what was called the mute period. It's just a name I give a stage in my life where I stopped talking for three months.
1: Wow. and
0: um, and out of that i began writing nursery rhymes and it never stopped and and this is the culmination of of those of that time from there and it's quite the journey so it was a way of speaking beyond time that i'm living in but i had something to say regardless of whether or not it would be heard in my lifetime mm. Cece, does it hurt you to write poetry? Why or why not? It, oh, it does not. No, when I'm writing, uh, you mentioned the word transcendence earlier yes. from something yes. I wrote or said or before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so when I'm in the zone, so to speak, of art, a minute can be a year. I mean, time, it, it, it both erases and becomes the most rich experience in the world to be inside that place where you are experiencing what a living creation is and you're doing it with your body and your breathing and your and your feelings and your emotions and your mind and your heart
1: and you're
0: and and you're and you're trying to put something out of nothing into something and have that something be worth uh you know leaving on the earth To leave a body of work has always been my goal But the other goal I have is If I can only afford poverty
1: Oh, oh, do I know that one Let me ask you something (laughs) When I introduced you I defined Transcendence What is your definition of
0: it Oh, I I love you that you ask great questions I was was excited about this all week Because of the (laughs) gift you have
1: What is (laughs) transcendence
0: to me Transcendence means that the material world, that the third dimension that we live in, that we're born into, the stories that surround us, our, our ethnicity, the language, the food, the culture, the smell, the identity that's placed upon the world that we're born into, shapes us. And transcendence means that there's more to life than the one you were handed, the mm. one that made you, the one that wounded you, the one that gave you your ego or your id the one that made you high-minded or feeling worthless. Mm -hmm. These are all identities that have been imposed upon us from the outside. And transcendence means that you go within to find without, to find the fourth dimension, which some people call dream, and the fifth dimension, which some people call angel. And then, of course, there's the sixth and seventh dimension, but I only know a few people like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: please share another poem, my friend. The first one in the third part, which is the
0: least of the what's called the character poems. I mean, the part three is all character poems, and I can run down a list of the names that are in there. But the first one begins with this one, and I felt it was important. It, it sort of dovetails right off of what we just said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's called Mother Nothing. Just being newborn, God was playing with a stuffed puppet. Something rattled in the cage of universal silence. It broke sound into stars and galaxies then planets. Solar systems came to entertain orbits. God threw a temper tantrum, then interpretations scattered. Here, mother nothing said, it's bedtime for you, child.
1: End poem. Cece, do poems change color in certain lights? I think
0: I think the answer to that, and again, your questions are good. Do poems I've never heard that question. I think <laughs> that is in part the experience of the receiver. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean if I read that poem to some people, the word God meant one thing and other it meant another, and I think those colors happen inside the receive, and it's and there is a poem in here about receiving your own work, so sometimes that turns in on itself.
1: Well, can you read it? I'd love to hear it.
0: Yes, I can, and oh, I so. have to find it. That's all right.
1: Uh, We'll take a uh, brief it's, break. It's, we'll it's, take it's a here, break. It's here, it's here, it's here. Oh, okay, but we'll take a little break. <laughs> and we'll <be> okay. <laughs> is Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with the one and only CC Ashagra. CC. Yes, sir. <laughs> I actually, I chose that particular piece of music because it reminds me of you. Do you want to know what? What's it called? <laughs> uh, What's it called? Cool, cool Blast by Kevin McLeod. I chose it. Okay, cool blood. Yes, because to me, it's a dynamic I found, poem. I found the poem you're looking for. All right. It's a dynamic poem, and you're dynamic as well. I just want to say that up front. Well,
0: your, at the, your, I, I, I got very for being here with you. Oh, man. Open All microphone right. number 14. Yes. He lived at the pace of day might be night. Then the poisons of negative thoughts and time filled the well within his pen's vein till it flooded the creative rest of his mind. The poems he wrote now stopped asking the writer in him to listen to his own dry ink dying to speak back to him. End poem. Now, I know that wasn't about color specific, specifically, but like mm-hmm. I said, it, it was in the receive is when it happens. But in this particular poem, it turns. it's a beautiful thing when a poet can let the poem speak back to them because sometimes you'll write something in your 20s or in your mm-hmm. 30s or when you're a teenager, and then you look at it 30 years later, and you actually had it then and you lost it now, so you've got to let mm-hmm. that lesson come back. Or mm-hmm. you wrote it down in the past, but you didn't see what you wrote down was really a message for you in the future
1: when you really were going to need to hear it. Well, it's funny. There's a lot of synchronicity tonight because I plan to ask you, what would it be if you could tell your younger writing self anything?
0: Wow. Uh to major in fine arts and physics. All right. <laughs> okay. Learn as much
1: physics as possible and believe
0: nothing. <laughs> Question everything, believe nothing,
1: and learn a lot
0: about the edges of reality
1: and then go through. <laughs> okay, sounds good to me. What do you think makes poets different from others? Well, uh
0: that's a that's a gigantic question because mm-hmm. we have to survive in the in the in the material world, poetry and identity as a poet and whether you're known or unknown or published or uh, you spend your whole life writing and never share a word. It's 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 a gigantic uh, spectrum of of, of 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 a question. Uh, mm-hmm. i don 't know if I can answer it in 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 the, in the context of what an individual poet is and be speaking for all the possibilities yes. uh that 's what the book tries to do it tries to it tries to humble
1: the ego and mm-hmm. lift the the voiceless <laughs> <laughs> it 's funny synchronicity My next question is going to be has a poem that you 've written ever humbled or frightened you Yes. Talk to me. Um,
0: well, the one the one that frightened me the most, and I'd have to get up and, and, and find it, and it's long, and may not be right for this show, All but right. it's on it's on YouTube. It's it's the uh, it's a it's, it's a piece that goes with my poetry art band Funk Physics. It's the very first time we performed out live. It was back mm-hmm. in 2015, and it's called Beware, Funk Physics mm-hmm. Beware in my last name, and you should be able to find that on on YouTube. That's one of the uh, harshest poems I've ever written, with almost no wiggle room. It's 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 kind of brutal in a sense. But as far as humbling goes, uh, there's there's several in this book that I call humility poems. Okay. One is about a poet a poet named Passion.
1: A poet. Named you want to hear it?
0: Of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. Okay. We open the open microphone, Passion. Passion the poet aged to be old with her words till the ripping out of what? Life is now solid melting truths. Near the end of her life, she hoped that death would in time honor her life work on and on throughout the end of what fell from her pen. She dreamed about her writing reputation quoted a finely-tuned exercise work of the soul, or passion's passion, or life's rot worth preserving. Her deepest wish being that if only one poem marked all the ink of her mind-bleeding labor in the afterlife memory of her soon bone-dry hands, It would be that blasted piece from her book of humility poems titled I Laugh at Myself. (laughs) A still living binding each time it broke open. The work breathing on as the print is breath spoken. The irrevocable ink never drying. Eternal lips moving to woo and kiss sky, aired language, set free to sail
1: winds and reach here. End poem. Wow. You know, they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, musicians, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work, my friend? What emerges from you? Uh, well, ho- hopefully, from
0: myself and everyone who touches a pen and puts a word down, and somebody else reads them, that they that they move and inspire and uh, free an individual from within uh, out of any kind of a caged mindset that they have to liberate them to free them. Um, I, I, I think I think uh, words are a sacred uh, vehicle. If they're used as words, if they're mm-hmm. not, uh, they're teeth and claw, which is a an experimental thing that I have once. I have a piece called Teeth and Claw, but it's an audio project that I did way back in 2011. I made four mm-hmm. CDs, and I created this thing called the Spoken Mind Poetry, uh, and I say created because... Um, I don't like to compete with somebody and I wanted to do something different and the 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 story's too long for this thing uh mm-hmm. this this time unless you want to do another radio show <laughs> some other day
1: because uh, <laughs> uh the
0: diversity of my life is really one focus but it's it's a lot to cover.
1: Please share another piece. Sure. Let's see.
0: This one here is a little um, uh, Okay, number six in the book from the Scared Sacred. Filled with hope and the faith of pain to die without hate's trace. The God self touches pen and paper and writes Me. Alone, steps on the stage to read it. And from the peak of Mount Everest, sky lines reach. A voice shakes with cold fire as from a mine shaft opening the last words of the first poem, shivering, scared, sacred. The God self of the first time open microphone poet awaits patience to reign. It's a tough one in the end there because you you reach that stage and this happened thousands of times to thousands of poets. You want to believe in yourself. You believe in yourself. You create something. You exercise that belief. And now the lesson is naked and free before you and the witness of others. And you have to survive that because what if that was just a step to the next moment in your life? And you have to learn from that one because it took you that long to get there. It's it's a wow. it's a it's a tough one.
1: You know, I know that you believe in the power of poetry. What I wanna know is where does your poetic doubt begin and where does it end? Oh doubt. Wow. Back on the couch again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I had to crank it up. <laughs> no, no, I'm
0: I'm, I'm I'm here because I I need people to take me there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, I used to say that I that I that I had to I went from low self esteem to no self esteem and then had to crawl no. back out again. <laughs> oh. um, uh, so doubts doubts an old old. Uh, uh, I had to make doubt my friend because All right. <laughs> you don't All want right. to fight with doubt. It'll win every time. So yeah, you have to survive your own opinion of yourself, including, including the, uh, you know, that, that uh, like I, I spent almost up to into my 30s still dealing with shit that happened to me when I was in second grade, <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. I understand. you know, it just happened. So so uh, doubt is a, uh, it, it's, it's, it's probably why I need to continue to be an artist, okay. you know,
1: because um, mm-hmm. if you slow down too much, that old shit catches up with you again. Yes, it does. So is writing a poem letting, you, letting the wall down or building building the wall? Is writing a poem letting the wall down or building a wall? Let me rephrase. Huh. That. Is writing a poem letting your guard down or building a wall?
0: Well, it's writing a poem is definitely not building a wall. Definitely mm-hmm. not. It's, it's it's clearly the opposite of that. Is it letting the guard down? I think that's a really good thing. I think to take it a step further, is okay. allowing your vulnerability to totally like get naked, and then get the naked to get naked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you
1: really don't, that doesn't stop. All right. I'd like to know from you, my friend, who are the writers, thinkers, readers, human beings who inspire you in your writing? Well, one of the, one of the, one of the key, are, are Pete
0: the earliest people who actually just stepped up out of nowhere and believed in me. Mm -hmm. Uh, is very important. Some of my, when I was a cab driver, I had a friend named Leonard Wolf and, and we used to stay up from, you know, those shifts ended four in the morning and we used to talk and drive home together. So, um, there, David. Cody, uh, he, without him, these books that I have published back in 96 to, uh, to Oh one, they, they would have never happened. Uh, Fran, his wife, uh, Brother Blue, um, for a short while, I, I knew I knew, of, I knew Jill Stein before she ran for president. She, is, she, wow. is, she has inspired me watching her uh, remain ca- in character as a human being inside the political arena running for president. Um, there's, a, there's an interview I did with her when I started the Human Room Open Voice. When mm-hmm. she first stepped off the stage, that's a little sidetrack thing. Um, There are people that have lived and died. Mara Cappy was a friend of mine and a roommate. She was a professor at Leslie College, and she was expressive arts therapy major. Uh, When I was producing TV at Access TV, I did a piece with her where she actually went down to New Haven and interviewed the very first woman to ever get diagnosed with AIDS at a time when they said women can't get AIDS. Uh, That's sitting on like one inch (laughs) of VHS somewhere up up in the archives boy do i need an archivist so um these are people that lived and died around me and left me their spirit their soul and their gift and they didn't have to ken ken field uh played an important role in my life uh he's got a quote on the back of the book ron whitehead is playing it david amram gave me a quote for the back of the book uh Jeff Robinson and when he started up the he just restarted the the open uh the poetry jam 22 years running. i featured there a few times. Premiered book 3 at the at the Lizard Lounge, uh, Jeff Robinson Poetry Jam. And the, and the and it continues today. I'm always mm-hmm. inspired by people who are out of their own way
1: and mm-hmm. still giving and creating. Wow. What do your poems say, my friend, about being human? It is it is the it is the it is the question. Are we human?
0: What are mm. we? Who who are we? Why are we? These this is the, the the question that I first was asked in this vein is what is the what is a poet? You know, or what is the job mm. of a poet? Yes. And and for the longest time I've been saying, Who are we, what are we, where are we, why are we, what are we? And my favorite, When are we? Mm. And When I released Emotional Geography, one of my first book was split into two. Half was called Poems, and the other book was called Emotional Geography. I lived between MIT and Harvard, and so the students of MIT used to come up and listen to the poetry reading, and I suddenly found out that the physics student understood the poems that all my poet friends didn't understand. They said, you're being too deep. You have to be more accessible, when really, I don't have that book in front of me right now, but there's an opening Mm -hmm. line to Emotional Geography uh, one that goes, uh, inside your eyelash did not see it coming. That's how that one starts. So mm-hmm. uh, I like multidimensional metaphysical work. And uh, I, I've been inspired mostly by, by life. Rumi is probably the one poet that I uh, uh, think that it, if I could write five lines uh, in my lifetime, when I'm gone, five sentences that hold up as universal truths, Among Mm -hmm. millions of words, and God knows how many books I hopefully will write, uh, including children's and YA and songs and everything. I hope those five lanes last, and I think
1: that's kind of the job of the poet. Well, I think this is a perfect time to segue into human room, open voice. The human room, open voice is a brilliant, beautiful thing
0: that I have been tasked with in life to create and give away. And it is very... Um, it'll be the toughest part of the interview, and I'm really going to need you. You can okay. stop me at any time because yes,
1: where this one
0: begins and ends is hard. But basically, mm-hmm. I uh, it started a long time ago uh, when I realized I wanted to start creating venues, and uh, I, 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 for lack of a better term, uh, I, I I like to say that I'm uh, I'm a venue creator. I like to create venue concept creation. I like to do venue concept creation or ideas or think outside the box, like the spoken mind poetry, like funk physics poetry. Art band was an experiment that didn't model after everyone. The ID with dialogue poems was new. It started back on Lansdowne Street when I was a cab driver, and I did this thing where they were taking one of the—I don't know if you know the Green Monster in Fenway. But uh, it started with a project called the showcase over there where I got accepted by the guy who ran that whole street that, that, that lived and died before it started, but I did create it. And then it went on to the human room and the open voice is a two tier project. And then there were other projects and that, that happened. I started moving into people who were doing film and there were some theater people. I tried to make a little project in a theater group and started doing a lot of documenting and then there was the project where i wanted to photograph and and and, and video all the poems and and then there's all those f- the photographs i have of all the poets from back then and then that became uh titled uh, uh in the key of Listen, portrait poem and then i started writing portrait poems but the human room and the open voice was a two tier system that started in cambridge massachusetts at mama gaya's which lasted 9 months because the cafe opened and closed right around uh right around the, uh the time, I, I did the biggest poem I ever wrote uh, uh, because because it, I painted it on a wall two days after 9-11. That's wow. another story. So mm-hmm. like I said, the human role, so 20 years later, in between, I created this other thing called Open Art. But then I was on the radio, and then from the radio, and I got out of that, and then I realized that the human role, Open Voice, needed to be brought together in this new time. And I started writing the constitution that goes underneath it. Anyone listening, if you don't understand what the constitution of an open microphone venue free speech is, it's because I'm making it up and it doesn't exist yet on earth. But it's called the principles of involvement. They were originally 22 principles, 22 statements that you would live by saying, okay, I'll do that. And transcendence of dichotomy is one word, little phrase I'm going to drop on you right now. Let that go because it gets longer. Mm -hmm. So... From that principles of involvement, 22 of them. Each one was three tiers deep. One was a sentence. One was a paragraph. One was a half a page. 22 times that. That got reduced to nine when the uh, the, the, the the a venue and my friend that runs a venue allowed me to go live with it in her venue before the 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 pandemic thing happened, AKA eugenics. I got to throw that in there. Sorry, I'm an artist. No no apology. Actually, I take the apology back. So Mm -hmm. The Human Room Open Voice became a two-year project that I've been working on. And anyone, just The Human Room Open Voice at Gmail, just The Human Room Open Voice, one word, at Gmail, I will send you a link. You will be asked to put your name and your email and read nine sentences, nine little statements. And if you do that, you will in the future when I'm done with this art, own the entire ecosystem of the project there is no oven and for and by the people facebook in existence there is no oven and for and by the people youtube or twitter or internet or anything there is none democracy is in the shitter it's falling mm-hmm. down the drain everybody's playing their apocalypse violin wondering whether or not the robots are going to take over or not, and they're going to get chipped. But the Human Room Open Voice is a free speech, open microphone platform with a constitution, and this is just the beginning of its design.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going
0: to try to create an entire ecosystem, and when it's done, the logo, the domain name, the entire system, the idea, the constitution will all equally belong to as many people who say, I will participate in this art. And it will be handed to them legally, financially, and across the board. It will be, and if and if it fails, it'll become an idea and a work of art. And if it succeeds, mm-hmm. uh, it'll become whatever people want it to be. Wow. You know, I could make you, it, the sky's the limit. But the human, right. but it's a very hard thing to explain and get people to believe in. But when they do, they get it. But it doesn't mm. fit the reality we live in. It doesn't ah, apply to hear. the construct of money. And so inside the human room, open voice, and thank you for letting me ramble on for a minute here.
1: This is not easy
0: to say. I welcome a million questions. Believe me, I ask for questions. I get close to none. Bring me your questions. Read the nine principles. But inside this, I'm going to create a monetary system that is art. Just take a second and digest those words. An art monetary system. It's not play money. It's not real money. It's money is art. And right. it's going to be a design, and you're going to be able to watch videos, make videos, contribute videos, and, 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 and go to a live event, uh, 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 like, a, like a, a Zoom event. And, and they happen. Every second Sunday, there is actually a human room open microphone event. And you can go there, and you could be a free speech individual. You don't have to be a poet an artist or anything, if you're not getting paid, and this is anybody who's doing an open mic and not getting paid, if you're a community group of any kind, you can come to this, and instead of reading your poem, you can say, this is me and my sister Jane, and we knit socks for the pregnant women in the building we live in. We're a community group. That's good enough. If you're, if you're, if you're a giant nonprofit, you can come and say we're a giant. That's the that's contribution. Or you could just do your art.
1: All right, very there nice. Are,
0: but the people – so all of this and more is coming. But I would, the human room, open voice at Gmail, please, oh, if God. you even have the slightest inclination that, 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 that we're not headed for catastrophe or apocalypse or the end of democracy, then at least give this work of art a chance, read these nine things, and build up that number of people who say I'm willing to participate you'll get an email once a month, something like that, that
1: mm-hmm. you're
0: invited to come to the things and speak if you do. Please share a poem. Yes. So some of the poems in here are, are, um, are a little rougher. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is about how politics can play into uh, free speech culture. Uh, how it could take over. Uh, It's called Controller. To controller the poet, all the world is a chessboard, all of its occupants pawns. No thing can happen. Without disturbing, controllers need to dictate the realities of fear. Every utterance, controller would bark, murmur, or say, was all manipulation and constant undermining to the utmost degree of every self-serving benefit. Controller, the poet's only reason for living was to acquire, possess, know, and own power. For Controller had no faith or hope or understanding that was not focused on the concept of kill or be killed. Controller could not or by choice would not conceive coexistence or the existence of peace. Controller would harm you, regardless of your good, bittersweet, or evil disposition. For Controller had no conscience to taint, nor love, or even one lonely child. Wow. And with that, I want to read another one that goes with it, can I? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, it's called the Win Win Poets. Now there was a lot of controversy in, in the in the in, in when 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 the when the movement of slam poetry uh, left Chicago and came to Boston. It walked into uh, Jack Powers and Stone Soup, and 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 it was an it was an ugly it was an ugly time. Mm-hmm. A thing less than beautiful happened,
1: oh, and.
0: Right. Um, and, and it ended up it ended up becoming this thing where where there was there became a divide in the world of poets, where competition and art and the intention of, of 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 spoken word artists that are performing poets some of the most beautiful poets I've ever known. Patricia Smith was the first one to actually bring me to tears, Lisa King, a poet who died she was genius at her work she was beautiful and And then, but there was divides. Even, even, even one girl got thrown out and started an all lesbian poet reading for a while. It was, there was, there was this terrible riff. And then, and then the Boston Poetry Awards came along and they asked me to host a poetry, building the poetry community venue where the seven biggest venue people came on a panel and they asked me to host it for a half an hour at the, the Cambridge Poetry Awards. And that was incredible. So I wrote this but i tested this poem i said i'm not anti this or anti that but i think that there's a profound lesson to be learned and a price to be paid when we take poetry and we, we 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 bring it into the sportification of art or the or the stratification of art that there's a profound lesson that can be learned some of the best people can go in and out of that world and transcend it but a lot of people can but there's a lot a lot of losers in order for Mm -hmm. some people, and there's something about beating another poet. So here is the win-win poets. All right. The win-win poets wanted to be the best. They wanted to be in the company of literati, celebrity, word star, entertainer. When one wrote about AIDS, he went for shock value versus one who wrote about rape with vengeful graphic images. One wrote against racism and read it like a racist versus one who wrote about home and spoke of being homeless now. Each win-win poet hated it when the audience liked some other poet better. The AIDS poem poet needed to be better than the homeless one. The rape poem poet needed to be better than the incest one. Mm-hmm. The lost soul poet needed to be better than one finding soul. Amazing. Each win-win poet needed to win, fighting back and cursing out every disappointing judgment. Poems willing to kill other poets being. Poets willing to kill other poets trying. Poets willing to kill other. Poets dying, willing to kill to get to the top. It ain't pretty. And and, and in that world of spoken word versus prose versus lyric versus villanelle versus uh, high-minded, the divisions are irrelevant. We are in this together. And beauty mm-hmm. and art comes from it all. We should right. not be competing uh, mm-hmm. with each other uh, because there's too much work to be done. You know, you can't take down war by starting a
1: war against war. You know, as I said earlier, your voice is very powerful. And when you share, I mean, it, you can feel it. I want to know, what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? um
0: the quiet one in my head when no one else is listening but me
1: <laughs> <All right. laughs> here you go get out of this one. <laughs> is there a relationship between the two <laughs> okay between the speaking voice say it again what's the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice written not reading speaking no written And written. written. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think the written voice is a, uh, the written voice is a sacred transcription from the unknown through the medium of you are never without a choice. Mm. You are never without a choice and you're responsible for that you could channel the greatest poem in the world and suddenly write down this thing and said, I wrote it because I channeled Shakespeare. No, but every syllable that came out of you had to go through a choice because in the leave of that work, you're not going to be able to blame or thank uh, Shakespeare if it goes good or bad. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the, the, the process of, of, of writing, like I said in the early stages of this interview, it, it's a sacred thing happen where you transcend time. It's like when you're in a relationship and you're in a restaurant and you're having this dinner with somebody you just met and the whole room disappears. You feel like you're the only two people there. <laughs> That's True. real. <laughs> the falling in love energy where you where you you enter another vibration and the world is at a different vibration. They're in this physical other place where they're surviving and getting along and wearing pants and shirts and hats and things like that. When your soul's naked to naked and you feel it and you hear it and you see it and you vibe up with it. I have a whole painting series called The Difference Between uh, – And it it refers to uh, sex and love, the difference Mm -hmm. between. But it's the same thing. When you're writing, you're in that sacred zone. So that's the written voice. The speaking voice is is mostly about don't lie to yourself. Just don't lie to yourself. If you write a poem and then you read it, and when you're reading it, you sound like you're you're thinking it or, or, or you know it or this is what you want, or this, or you're saying it, and you believe it, and other people have to believe it too, or they're wrong. There's not enough energy there. Mm-hmm. The reading voice should simply be, because there are people who read poems, and they read them all the same. To me, the best advice I can give to anybody about reading, and this is advice I give myself, mm-hmm. is let the words tell you what the notes are, and don't right. lie.
1: Mm. You know, you just mentioned the word sex. What I'd like to know is what sex is poetry?
0: That's brilliant. And I think that question is going to be answered by the generation that's coming up now. Uh, You know, they're living in, you know, I mean, they're not living in the generation of the 60s or the 50s. That Mm -hmm. was one generation of sex. They're not living in the generation of the 70s. They're not living in the generation of AIDS uh or, or 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 and then the generation of you know if, if you if everyone was afraid of dying and and having sex and it was, good, it was a different kind of good and evil and right and wrong and bad and mm-hmm. and then the, and the, the parents don't understand the next generation because they're so busy being programmed by media faster than any parent could raise them technology is is the 20 30 years ahead of them so uh, mm-hmm. but i do have a mm-hmm. poem about this uh a character called playlust you want to hear that all right
1: I'd love
0: to hear it. So, play, play lust is uh, it comes from. Um, I want you to keep an open mind about this because this one, on the surface, may seem one way, but it really has an edge to it that I, I I I put in here. But you have to you have to see beneath the surface of a poem. The poetry gal Playlust, loved the petting of men. Her joy of guys wearing thrilled her wet needs. Her pen wove sexual arousal within her listeners who came following and falling to their knees. She'd mount the mic waiting and draw them inside her. She'd turn the stage lights around to illuminate predators. She'd spin her words weaving a webbed tale of want. She'd flicking flames from her deadly ink dance flaunting her liquid fantasies of verse, transforming their hungry sound delusions into faults of being naked with her, a real craving into her butterfly mist. Her reputation grew with every vocalized erection till the centerfold image became an epitaph. Here lies another who listened. Wow. And there's another very harsh one that deals with sexuality and religion. They mm-hmm. kind of go together. Do You want that mm-hmm. one? Yes, this please. This is probably one of the toughest ones in the book. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Du, 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 du. It's called... Do 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 do. Do 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 is not the name of the poem. <laughs> uh, She's Savior. Mm-hmm. It's Mm -hmm. called She Savior, one word. She Savior, the poet, read biblical quotes as she mixed them up good with her God's not male, cursed. Her sharp cross of verbs and horizontal nouns standing read like a nun with a real nasty habit. I'll save you, she'd say, Oh, so beautifully reading with demonic moist kisses and church-going lips. Her gyrating words merge with God-wanting flesh. Oh, do me, Lord, with poetry. She'd masterfully blend with religious-sized sex toys set to vibrate her on high. So to prove her faith Loyally, she, Savior, hoard her sexy soul wildly and in the name of sweet Jesus and God. And she'd never stop praying for more and more sinners, no less than the priests who saved boys.
1: Mm. Mm. (laughs) You're going to have to send that one to me. So, you know... It's 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 a vulnerable world, you know. Yes, it is. And and, uh, and speaking of that, I need to say this: there's so much happening in this world—the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the indifferent. So, I want to know from you, based on your experiences, what is the role of a poet in modern day society? Well. Um, well, I, I
0: think in the course of this uh, beautiful interview with your amazing questions, that uh, th- the role of the poet has been touched on uh, possibly more than once. But mm-hmm. I think in this time, I think is the uniqueness of what you're posing to me now.
1: Yes, it,
0: it's quite <laughs> it's quite a challenge. The the young poets or those that have been writing their whole life but haven't really Uh, tackled what it's like to be here now no matter what age you're in. Mm -hmm. is really to – it's what the human room open voice is trying to do. Can you transcend the dichotomies of reality? Because reality is not where it's at. Reality is so – we are being so programmed, so manipulated. There's that saying that if you give power away to someone – You will never get it back. That person will never give power that you've given to them. You cannot give yourself away. And so your poems, your writing, your voice has to penetrate that veil of conformity, of silencing yourself, of muting yourself, of enslaving yourself, of willingly participating in the enslavement of all for some kind of security that doesn't exist. Because there's this enemy out there. There's no enemy out there. The person saying the enemy's out there, was back in the 1920s and 30s when they made the cartoon, and the guy was running by and say which way to go? And he points his finger in each direction, and it's him. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. You know?
0: So you have yes. to, The poets well, of the day, need to find the courage to be so honest that, they, they, that they're, they're, they're stripping down themselves. And they're looking underneath it. And then there's a project that I have on the Internet, one of the most unique projects I've ever done, which was supposed to be uh, handed over to Adult Swim before the pandemic hit. It was my Mm -hmm. attempt to create uh, a series uh, of of the audio portion of a a video that would be Adult Swim, Adult Comic. And it came from my radio show. I was on the radio for three and a half years with the I Do Not Mm -hmm. Know show. And out of that came the Divide and Conquer News Report. But the Divide and Conquer News Report is a radio show that now sits in archive, uh, Dead to the World. But it was an eight eight-series radio show where I played all the voices of a fake news show. And, then, and I said, that's too complicated. So I made this thing called Dear Dead People with Uncle Cece. And mm-hmm. within that series, if you look at it, and then you watch the Netflix series called uh, Midnight Gospel, And in Midnight Gospel, that thing is an audio of a podcast that was animated with like 19,000 ingenious layers of of, of animation on top of it, adding incredible amounts of language. And I thought that was going to happen to that, but that meeting canceled because the guy that was the executive producer for that project had to get his daughter out of Korea. And now he's Mm. the head of the Hartford Film and Television uh, thing, and he's got all kinds of projects going on. And he's well, got his kids he, involved in all that. So, uh, did I answer the question, or did I did I, did I <laughs> take the train well, and,
1: and, and turn it into an airplane? <laughs> the reason the reason I asked that question, I just wanted to be reiterated the role that we play. It's more than just I don't know living inside yourself in a sense. It's talking about your experiences. You, and I guess you don't always share you're, it. You're the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the scribe of
0: your era, whether yes. you like it or not.
1: Whether if you like it or not. Nothing you
0: do is going to be known. You're not going to be the voice of your generation. It's the generation next that's going to tell
1: you that mm. your voice was. So just don't lie. Well, let me ask you a question. We're almost at the end of our poetic journey. Do you think you were meant oh, to, to be make a poet? Me cry now. <laughs> do you think you were meant to be a poet? <laughs> <laughs> Do I think what I was be, meant to what? Meant to be a poet.
0: Uh, I call it my blessed curse. I'm going to stick with that one. Yeah, I think I think if I if I if I uh, under different circumstances, I could see that I would have been a, something very different. Who would choose their 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 most broken aspects of themselves and then transform it into their art form and then hobble along? throughout their life with uh, mm. with, it, with, it, with the ghost of that nemesis hanging over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, it keeps me going. Uh, I would, it, I mean every poet and artist there's somebody once told me that, that agents, literary agents and agencies are, uh, are looking for, they spend their lives looking for people like me. And I said, Mm. yeah, I'll settle for a cup of coffee with that
1: person, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but we're all in this
0: boat. It's not, it's not about, it's not about like, there are so many people that in my 30s, I knew that this very, very clear chance that what I'm doing is the same thing millions of people have done and have not been known or recognized in their lifetime. And that's where well, if only I could afford to be poor comes from, because time <laughs> then, is your most valuable asset.
1: Let me answer this question the last one: What surprises you most about being a poet? What,
0: what surprises me most? Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think it was in the laughter, your last laugh. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a comic tragedy. I guess you could say that. Yeah, uh, uh, what surprises me most, the spirit, how much a role that you, being an, that I discovered over the course of my life. That if I had to define what kind of being I am, I'm an intuitive. I'm an intuitive.
1: Okay. All right. And
0: uh, and I used to hear. I used to feel everything. I used to see sounds. I used to have all the – I used to suppress stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and I just – I was just – what surprises me most is that the thing that I am was not recognized by all of life around me, and yet somehow I had to find that on my own by going mm-hmm. through what I call my deaths. I went through many, many a, a death. I'm a big fan of uh, The Denial of Death, the book. Um mm-hmm. But the, but the generation now question is still ringing in me. they you guys have a lot of work to do, a real lot surveillance, the end of democracy, getting yourselves chipped, giving up your humanity to 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 be a robot. To be, to, the, the systems of life are broken The human I really hope that the kids today, walk into this thing that I'm creating because it's it's not about me. It's a vehicle that will sustain itself or you could destroy it, but it gives you the medium to do that. So I got to repeat that. The human room, open voice at gmail.com. Just send an email there saying, send me the link to the nine beginning principles involvement. And that's all if you do nothing else. You could spend your life speaking freely inside the system and when you read the nine beginning principles involvement you'll see one of them is that you are not inferior or superior to all life and Mm. number nine is that I am willing to be wrong you need Mm -hmm. to survive your own shit and belief in yourself you may become the best and the greatest and all that, but if you believe your own shit, you have left the ground. You have left mm-hmm. humanity. You have, you, have, you have stepped above the world. And there's a poem in here about that too. Ego the poet. You know, well. rose above the world and no longer walks her soul here.
1: There's uh, a line right. from
0: that, if I can use my memory. <laughs>
1: well, <hold on. laughs> you know, I want you to come back for part two <laughs> later in the year. We'll I, schedule part two. I, 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 I mean, will. If questions, and more no, poetry. Only, only if there's a potential for part three, because I'm it's a quiet all right, guy. All right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're part of the family now, so it's, it's going to be a part three. All right. Well, I want to I I thank you. I love you, too, brother. I love you, too. <laughs> thank I want to thank you for sharing just who you are. And, and in my mind, it is rawest essence. A lot of people don't do that. <laughs> Oh, no, no. It's
0: so much easier just to lie to yourself and go along with it. So, it is. No, we, it is. We, we have to, yeah, honesty, one of the greatest things I learned in life is the difference between honesty and truth. Mm. Mm. Because I think no matter what your truth is, truth has come to an end. But honesty only lives in the moment.
1: Wow.
0: Honest right now An honest three seconds from now is a different honesty. The truth, you could ride that horse all you want, but Mm -hmm. that truth is going to be dead eventually. Well, what we're going to do... But honesty honesty lets you see the subtext (laughs) of what you think. I I have this greeting card, art piece I did, and it says, belief should be a question
1: itself. All right. Well, all right, sir. (laughs) We're going to talk about honesty and truth. In part two. Everybody did you hear that? Huh? In part two, we're gonna I about, heard I, that. I would I would yeah. love that. I <laughs> well, gonna, gonna do? go I will go yeah, that'll be fun. But yes, you gotta talk right. too. I gotta hear what you think now. <laughs> you might get dragged well, out. I'm. I'm gonna take the couch out and put you on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like uh I like asking the questions, I don't like answering them. But that's another story. Everybody oh, okay. I wanna thank okay. you. I wanna thank C Ashagra on a saturday night it was fantastic i enjoyed listening to every single word that this man said do you hear me every single word and i wish we could stay longer but what me. about
0: the what about the what about the silence in between
1: are you saying you don't like <laughs> me now <laughs> don't ruin it don't ruin it all right <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, see. And as I share with you every single week, that poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Take care, everybody. Good night. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.